Good morning again. Good morning again. And let me just formally welcome you if you're a guest. By the way, y'all can go ahead and have a seat. If you're visiting with us today, I know you're thinking this may be a different kind of Sunday. I'm not sure that this was the right Sunday to visit fellowship because you know <laughs> you want to visit on a normal Sunday. You could not have picked a better Sunday to visit because you're going to hear about our church, what God's been doing over 25 years, where we're going in the future, and kind of just the DNA of this place. And so we want to welcome you. I also want to say this for everybody that's either new or not new to fellowship. This is the best time of year to connect to jump into a group, to jump into a study, to become a community of people, which is our mission statement, becoming a community of people who follow Jesus with our whole heart and help others do the same. So you can see on the screen right here on August 20th, we're gonna have a Connect event right here. And this is the place you wanna be in order to know what kinds of men's groups, women's groups, mom's groups, dad's groups, couples groups. We've got all kinds of things going on. And we want you to take advantage of this time of the year to really get involved and connected. So make plans to be there on August 20th. And then the only other announcement I just want to share briefly is just to say part of our worship service is giving our gifts. And we worship a generous God, and that generous God invites us to follow his in his image as image bearers of God by being generous ourselves. So if you would like to be a part of giving here at Fellowship, and I encourage you, if you call this your church home, let's give of our resources together. You can get information about that on that screen. We're looking at 25 years and just you know, appropriately marking it. And uh, we hope you'll walk out, and I'll say this at the end, uh, feeling just a sense of God's faithfulness and his goodness to us. You know, there's a question that I did not have the answer to till I was like in my mid-30s, and it's kind of a weird question, but uh, I didn't know where churches came from. Like, I just thought they were there. You know, that thing's been there forever. That one's been there. But I didn't know that until my mid-30s. It's like, well, God does what he normally does when a church begins. And, and that is he doesn't generally call a group. He actually calls an individual. And he puts something on an individual's heart that that person then shares with others. And as we think about Fellowship Bible Church... That goes all the way back over 25 years ago when God put it on a man's heart named Jeff Schulte. Jeff and I worked together in Little Rock, Arkansas with Family Life and God put it on his heart to plant a church. Uh, Jeff invited, Jeff and Brenda invited Lisa and I, would you wanna plant a church with us? And, and, and that's, where, that's why I'm standing in front of you today. And uh, if, if Jeff and Brenda had not taken that step of faith, right, there would be no, there would be no fellowship. This is a picture of, uh, I moved in October of 96 to Franklin. Jeff moved in March. I went back in March and helped him pack up his house. And this is us standing out on a rainy day. Kind of think we're getting ready to take trash somewhere as they prepare to move here in March. In January of 97, I started a Bible study in our home in Fieldstone Farms. And this is the original group that started that. Charlie and Patty Brooks on the left who have kids, grandkids, and great-grandchildren that are connected to Franklin Fellowship Franklin, just so you know, Charlie and Patty on the left, Matt and Gigi McMurray, the first people that were ever missionaries from fellowship. They had no idea God would be calling them overseas when we're standing in these Bible studies. Mark and Mary Pierce going to the right, Jan Laura Louder, Barry, uh, Melissa McCall. Then there's Lisa and I, Stephen Jen Pierce, and then there's Jeff and Brenda in the front. A few weeks ago, I sat down with a small group of people, some out of that group. We couldn't get everyone but some people out of that group, and then some who were around the church in the early days. And we thought for all of us to go, what was it like in the early days? It'd be best to hear directly from them. And so we sat around a table. I asked them a few questions like, 
what were you thinking? <laughs> what were you feeling when you were thinking you're gonna plant a church? What would you tell yourself today? What did you know today? What would you say to that person you were 25 years ago now? And this is the conversation that we, as a community of faith, get to sit in on and listen. So Lisa, I want to sit on this side. This would be the directory from 2000. So you can flip through that. I want to start with if we can get back to some of our earliest, earliest memories. Someone had won a Grammy, so they had a party. And Barry McCall was at the party. And he was several I years I didn't ago. win the Grammy, though. He didn't win the Grammy. <laughs> But we're there celebrating. I didn't really know Barry, but he said there's this church plant starting. And so I showed up at the People's Church for the first mm -hmm. 10, 15 families, and she came the third week when we had the war board presented, and y'all mm -hmm. came in in fatigues. We laid out what does it look like oh, yeah. to launch a church. I had a lot of doubt. There were so many churches already in the community that were good churches. Then as the weeks went on and we would see more people come, more people come, it became so much more exciting. I mean, ultimately my hope was in Christ, but I had so much confidence in the elder board. It was just comforting to know that the elder board was there and that that's how we were led. We started small groups before we started a worship service. Do any good, bad, or ugly experiences in this small group come to ugly. your mind? Yes. <laughs> How many times did we give our life story? It's one of those things that I'd go to a small group, not looking forward to it, but so glad I went to it when I left. And just the immediate uh, connection to the people in your group, uh, having to walk through the process of telling your own life story. Usually one parent stayed home with the children and the other parent went to community group because we didn't have any babysitters. Yeah. And we all we had young kids. <laughs> yeah, because we spent it all on the portable church. <laughs> the Sunday that we all met, we can all participate in giving to make this portable church happen. Yeah. Everybody participated to give what they could in a way that served for many years ahead. I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, and I wanna talk about the cost, mm -hmm. 25 years. What does it cost you? Immediately at a base level, it cost us some money, but I think all of us have been called to walk in a season where it cost us something else in our soul and in our spirit as we walk with people through our body that needed us to walk with them more that time, or God placed us in situations that we may not have asked to be in um, it cost us that way. But while there have been some really deep, deep valleys, man, we've had some glory days, and I do believe our glory days are ahead. I remember some lines that I wrote after an early sermon, and I said, this is not a safe place, but it's a newly opened door, inviting me to know you as I never have before. This is not a safe place. I can feel the winds of change. Something says from now on, I will never be the same. Much will be required of my life and of my faith because this is not a safe place. And it was like, I remember thinking, if we stick here, 
gonna, it's gonna hurt it, Tom. One time you drew a, a picture up of life. It's like a graph of life. And there are valleys and there are mountaintops, but the bulk of it is just this kind of flat plane. So I think I would go back and tell the 25-year-old 25 years ago, cherish the mundane. Mm -hmm. Don't regret the hard times. And rejoice in the good times. I look forward to the dreams of the generation behind us, that what they're dreaming about and what unique Mm -hmm. um, situation that God's going to put us in. My hope and dream would be that those people that were younger than we were at the time and are now in new roles would have the same amount of passion and love for those behind them that we would just keep replicating the same thing that God has been doing all along. And that is to just help others know Him better. Much like in the early days where we would say, do you think you're gonna slip into the pew on Sunday morning and slip out and not have communication with anybody? This might not be your church. There's an expectation that you're gonna serve and then you're gonna attend. In 25 years, that's not changed. We still need you and you're gonna get so much out of stepping into those places. There's great comfort in knowing God's word and knowing what he says. It was true then, it's true now. It's gonna be true in 25 years. And there's just a great assurance and comfort in that. The early church was planted in a cultural environment that was harder than this one in many, many ways. And can y'all believe we're sitting here at a table over 2,000 years later still following this man, Jesus, because someone told us about Jesus. And so I look at those challenges of our day, which I think are massive and complex, and I just go, what a time to be alive and following Jesus. My name is Ellie. Um, I've been at Fellowship since 2015, which is when I was in fifth grade. Um, And for those of you that can do math really fast, you'll know I'm a senior now, but for those of you who can't, like me, there you go. Um, Anyway, um, Fellowship has done so much for me in these past couple years, Um, especially like going through high school, things just get complicated. Um, This past year, I was in conflict with someone who I hold very close to my heart um, because they went to a different church than I go to and it was really hard for me and but and doing my research and praying and just learning all about what makes my church so special to me I was able to realize that's what I need I need Jesus and I need the community that's here to help me grow my faith with God. Um, And I wouldn't have gotten to this point if I hadn't reached out to one of the student directors at FSM. Her name is Lauren, and she helped me through that time of trouble, and she helped me, encouraged me, and eventually made me go on this mission trip to Peru. This mission trip, which we went on a couple weeks ago, completely changed my life. Um, It was so rewarding and fulfilling, and it was, I've learned to depend on him and just learn to love telling people about Jesus and being as 
being an example of Jesus to other people, to anyone I meet, everyone I meet, because everyone needs to hear the love of Jesus Christ. And what's the word? <laughs> Just have him with him and realize, know that there's joy in him because we live in a very interesting world <laughs> now. And we all need Jesus. So I can't th say thank you enough to Fellowship for helping me grow my faith with that. Thank you. We are the Deerings, and I am Dennis. And I am Karen, and we have been at Fellowship for over 21 years, going back to the Franklin High School days. Back then, we were looking for a church that had an emphasis and prioritized sowing biblical seeds into our then two-year-old son, Micah. When we visited Fellowship, we immediately recognized that sowing these seeds was their vision. Their their vision for the future of Brentwood campus was like nothing we had ever seen before. Since then, we have served in the children's department from first grade to seventh. We have been in leadership and community groups for many of the years we have been there. Dennis has served on the worship team for over 20 years, and I was a mentor for young moms at Moms Together. And we are currently serving in the marriage ministry built to last under Larry and Ann Kayser's leadership. Our son has gone through Fellowship Children's Youth and High School Ministries. He has gone on numerous missions trips as well as serving on the very first internship program under Scott Henderson and Monty Spurgeon for Fellowship Student Ministries to raise up godly leaders. Now as a college graduate, he is currently working as a missionary for the Navigators here in Nashville on the Vanderbilt campus discipling college students. How has Fellowship comp impacted us as a family. Fellowship has come alongside us as parents and helped us teach and train our son in the Word of God to live a life wholly devoted to Him. Our pastor's commitment to expository teaching has had a lasting impact. Every Sunday, the so what's bring it all to life for us. Immediate calls to action, like giving away our shoes on our feet to those who need them more, we walked out of church that Sunday barefoot, and none of us will never forget the lesson. We love fellowship, and the relationships we have formed here through the years are blessings to us every day. The impact fellowship has had on our family will last a lifetime. Good morning. There's about eight Johns in our family, so I'm John Charles. Uh, Sharp is my last name. But my family's sitting right here in the second row, the, the Negleys and the Izels, and uh, so I'm spoiled because I'm loved. So I've been a part of uh, fellowship since just a little over a year, June of 2000, or 2022. I moved from Texas to be where my family is after COVID. I'm comfortable here at Fellowship Bible Church, yet it also gets me out of my comfort zone. I'm an older single man. <clears throat> I feel welcomed and included, loved and accepted right from the start. I never felt judged. I did have a little head start because of my family already being uh, attending here, but the sweet spirit of acceptance is true <clears throat> whether I'm with them or not. The focus here is to glorify Jesus rather than myself and the teachers or the musicians. It's not about performance or presentation gimmicks, but focuses on God. 
The team teaching approach is a perfect reflection of this core church value. God has used fellowship to show me the importance of consistent time in the Word of God to encourage spiritual growth and transformation. The expository teaching prompts me to evaluate my walk with Christ. I've never taken more notes than I've taken in this church, and I, I, I would encourage you guys, take notes. You can read them later, too. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the message has opened my heart to the Word of God and speaking directly to me. And I've heard that so many times. That, you know, I feel like every, everyone says, oh, I feel like that, God, that was just for me today. Well, that's how I feel every week. Uh, God has used fellowship to remind me that we never stop growing, that the Holy Spirit guides me to new insights personally and shows me new opportunities of service. This is an expression of the body of Christ, not a club for you to join for advantages or discounts. It loves, accepts, and challenges me to be more like Christ. So just last week, before I even got into church, I saw a normally energetic young man, who I won't name, who I love, looking really kind of down. And I asked him what was wrong, and he said that he had just been corrected by his dad, who is a staff member who was standing right there with him. <laughs> when I told the young man, that to me, he collides with love, collides with love perfectly, and to listen to his father, but not to get discouraged. Well, his dad, the staff member, <laughs> said with a big smile on his face that he'd never really heard it put like that before, and he appreciated the insight. So I don't know all the details, but my buddy, my little friend, who I can say Luke now, uh, his eyes lit up like a Christmas tree. He was like, he just needed to be encouraged just a teeny bit. But I said, just listen to your dad. Uh, so whether I'm being accepted, corrected, or encouraged, I always see the Lord at work here at Fellowship uh, Franklin. Thank you very much. I love the fact that as, even as we heard those stories told, the chorus we were singing is, it's the faithfulness of God. It's the faithfulness of God. It's not about us. It is about him and his faithfulness. And I know that that is so true and part of our story. Um, what, I, what I loved about that last collection of stories is to think back on 25 years when, when Lloyd and others started this church and now we're 25 years later hearing people even now that are coming to this place and finding life here. And I just wanna say a couple of things, connect the dots to this campus. You know, 25 years ago, the church started. 20 years ago, it moved into the Brentwood property from Franklin High School. And then 11 years ago, we started this campus. And Eric Hoffman, who was the campus pastor, is now our executive pastor, has been leading this campus and forming community and doing such a great job here. We also have this morning our original worship pastor for this campus, Mr. Tim Head. So really grateful for those guys and many others who have served here. But here's what I want to do. I, I want us to, to look back even further than 25 years. I want to go all the way back 2,000 years ago. So just for a few minutes, Lloyd and I want to unpack a few verses of Scripture. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14. And just to remind you, if you've been with us in the study of John, um, which we began you know, around a year ago or so, we're now getting to a very significant part where Jesus is gonna give some final instructions to his disciples during the Last Supper. 
And I want you to look with me at John 14, 11 through 12. I'm skipping ahead on a couple of weeks in our series. We'll come back to these verses, but they're very appropriate for this morning. And let's put both 11 and 12 on the screen. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I'm going to the Father. Now, I want to explain a couple things in this text for a minute. Number one, remember Jesus is talking to these men who have followed him around for three years and eaten meals with him, and now he's saying, did you know that I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me? And I can imagine their heads starting to explode as they realize what he's saying. He's God. He is God. And then he goes on in verse 12 to say something even more amazing. He's saying, you know, listen, the works I've been doing, you're going to do those works. And even greater works. How is it possible that anyone would do greater works than Jesus? Notice who he's talking about when he says, whoever believes in me. He's talking not just about the disciples, those 12. He's talking about anyone who believes in Jesus. He's saying, whoever believes in me, you're going to do my works and even greater works will you do. Y'all, he's talking about the church. So how can anyone do greater works than Jesus? Well, no one person can, but the body of Christ, you see, over 2,000 years, has been doing the works of Jesus. And if you could even imagine the millions of lives that have been transformed. You see, Jesus, when he was on the earth, could only be at one place at one time, talk to one group of people at one time. The body of Christ has spread out all over the earth for 2,000 years, and literally millions of lives have been transformed. And I want you to see how we are connected to that. Little us, Fellowship Bible Church, 25 years, y'all, in the grand scheme of things, is that not just a little dot on the timeline? Are we not, you know, the, the couple few thousand people that call Fellowship Bible Church their home church here in Franklin and Brentwood, Tennessee? Are we not just a molecule of a drop of water in the bucket? But do you see that even us, we are doing the works of Jesus, you and I together, and even greater works because there are people like these three we just heard from whose lives are being transformed 2,000 years after Jesus walked the earth, mm-hmm. that's profound. And I hope you can connect the dots to what we're all about here at mm-hmm. our church. And how, how is it that that work continues? I want to grab one tiny phrase on the back end. So look again at the text itself. He ends it with, because I am going to the Father. You say, you can do greater works than, than these because I'm going to the Father. If we stop right there, I don't know about you, but I'd be going, and what does that mean connected to what we do? You know, when we teach through, we're going to teach within the context. And where that verse goes, the very next verse, he begins to talk about the person and work of the Holy Spirit. He gets absolutely explicit. A chapter later in chapter 16, verse 7, he says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. <clears throat> the helper, the Holy Spirit. For 25 years, we've sought to be a community people who are spirit dependent and we've put that you know that we've canonized that in our core values spirit dependent a people who rely on the spirit who lean on the spirit who trusting the spirit take steps of faith and experience in that step of faith the fullness of the spirit and it's the spirit at work in those three 
who share and talk about what God does in them. And I wanna give us an opportunity, just a few of us an opportunity to answer the question as well. You know, what has God done in me? Not look what I've done, but I want, I want you to see what God has done in me, through me, for me, on my behalf. I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and just finish a simple statement. Be on the screen. The Lord has blank. Just a, just a statement, a phrase. What he's done, how he's been at work. What I'm asking us to do is utterly biblical. The psalmist saying, I'm gonna tell of the greatness of God. Well, who are you gonna tell? He says, in the assembly. I'm gonna tell those who worship God what God has done for me on my behalf. We do that when we speak out and tell one another what God has done. So I'm gonna start. I raise my hand and it would go something along these lines. The Lord has delivered me from myself and to myself and reminded me that he's in control and it's gonna be okay even when it's not. The Lord has done that. How would you finish the phrase? Just slip your hand up. I'll, I'll call on you and just speak it out where you are. The Lord has... The Lord has restored me for his purpose. It's what he does. Who else? The Lord has. Yeah. I don't even have to repeat that. <laughs> we all heard it. Yes, change me for the better. Over here, the la these two, and we'll be done. First, mm, the Lord has taught me how to give and receive grace. The Lord has sustained me. How much stories behind all those statements? I'll tell you a ton of story, spirit work story. Thank you so much for sharing those. We're going to have a chance to hear from a couple of more uh, today in in baptism. And I want you to. Think about this. All of us could, if we had the time, stand up and answer that question. Um, the scripture gives us a symbol, a picture, a visual illustration of the transformation of Jesus in us, and it's called baptism. So baptism takes place after someone has put their faith in Jesus. They go under the water. They come back up to identify with the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. So we're having our kids come in for this part of the service because we want them to be a part of this kid's Thank you for being a part of this baptism service. Y'all just come on in and just sit right up here. You can spread all out right up here on the front and give you guys front row seats for this. And we're gonna have the privilege this morning of baptizing two individuals. I'm about to share some things with you about where we're going in our future. And we could talk about the next 25 years. And here's what I wanna say. Honestly, no joke, the next 25 years, we'll look back on these next three and four months because it's that significant time to be at Fellowship Bible Church. So let me just say a couple things about that before we send you off. You know, one of our core values, as Lloyd already said, is spirit dependent. And we talk a lot around here about the spirit being like a wind. And in fact, the word for spirit in the Old and New Testament can be translated wind. So the question is, where is the wind blowing? Because we want to put our sails up and trim our sails to the direction of the wind. And over the last three years, 
God has been doing some things that honestly I've never seen in a church anywhere else in, in terms of this. He seems to be blowing, the, the spirit of the wind seems to be blowing in the direction of a secure place for our future. And so going back two years ago, God put it on our hearts to say, this is the time that we're gonna retire our mortgage for the, the Brentwood property. So after 18 years of having a mortgage, we've been debt-free for the last two years. That's enabled us to take some money and set it aside and, and prepare for what God has in store. A year ago, we sold a corner piece of property. Guys, it wasn't even on the market. Uh, we announced it a year ago. It was in the works before that, but it wasn't even on the market. And it, it turned out it sold at a price Looking back on it, it was the perfect time to sell. Guys, God knows all this. And then about a month ago, we told you that we believe God has located for us a place we've been looking for eight or nine years that we could have a permanent home for our congregation here at Fellowship Franklin. So that's still in the works. Keep praying for that, by the way. But here's the opportunity before us over the next few months is to come together, one church, two locations, open our hands, because we believe that without any debt, God is enabling us to be able to move forward on building our property in this Franklin campus. And not just that, but building a connection space at Brentwood at the same time, which would be a lobby, which they've not had. And I'm telling you guys, y'all know, it makes a difference for people to become a community together. So that would be solving the two biggest facility challenges that we have at Fellowship with no debt. And so we wanna to talk to you about this. We're excited, and guys, we won't take a step without the spirit moving. And so we've been in this process of determining and praying, and we know that facilities aren't the be-all, end-all. Facilities facilitate mission. And so that's what we're gonna talk about over the next month or so. So put on the screen, we're gonna invite you to a town hall meeting. There are six options, come to one. Three at Franklin Campus, three at Brentwood. Come to Franklin one, but if you can't come to one of those three, Brentwood one's the same information because we're one church together. August 31st, September 3rd and 5th, 6 p.m. right here. You're gonna get to see drawings. You'll get to hear details. You will not wanna miss being at one of these town hall gatherings. I can guarantee that. And then we're gonna start a four-week series. You know, it's a campaign, but, but we're gonna root it in what the Bible says about generosity and all, this, all the facilities and these kinds of things. All church gathering on Sunday, September 10th, 10 a.m., Belmont University. No one will be here. Don't come here. We won't be here. We won't be at Brentwood. We're going to be all together, one church, one service, one time, one place, all together to kick this off on September 10th. So don't miss this, and don't miss one of those town hall meetings, and you'll hear a lot more about this. You know, I mentioned earlier when God does a work or new work, he often puts it on a person's heart, and uh, when that work begins, he often gathers his people in really what you'd call a, like a holy convocation. Everybody come to Jerusalem, be there. And they consecrate themselves for that work. And that's what we're gonna be doing at Fellowship Together. And we don't want you to miss that. Let's stand together. Rob and I are gonna send you this morning. But I wanna say this one verse that struck me as we planned our time, planned our celebration, what we've done at Brentwood and here that you might walk out and we all might walk out with this on our mind. Moses speaking to the people as they're going into the land, attempting to go into the land the second time. And he says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God. And that's what we want to be mindful of, isn't it? 
Mm. Our God is God. And y'all, he, walk out of the doors knowing he is the faithful God. Uh, he is, amen. Lloyd and I are gonna send you out with these words, a benediction. This is an adaptation of Psalm 145 in Ephesians chapter three. Receive this. We tell of your greatness, O God, our King. We praise your name forever and ever. Your work in and through us pours forth your fame. We have seen that you are gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Resting on your faithfulness, may we go from this place speaking of the glory of your kingdom and telling of your power, for your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. You always keep your promises. You are gracious in all you do. You who are able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask and think. According to the power at work within us, to you be glory in the church, in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And God bless. You are dismissed.